It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Raptors lost a couple games over the weekend to some very good Eastern Conference opponents. They also lost Scotty Barnes to injury, but Pascal Siakam is breathing fire from his mouth. We'll sort through whether it was a good or bad weekend for the Raptors today with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. That's all coming up. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1266 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, October the 24th. I am your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Raptors for nine seasons now on various platforms. You can find my Substack. It's just called Post Touches. Search it up over there at Substack if you want to subscribe to that for weekly posts there. Uh, and of course, we're on this podcast too. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can find the podcast at Locked On Raptors. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps and the audio side of things. And you can also go and subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube each and every day as well. It's much appreciated when you do that. Also appreciated today are our friends over at Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Promo code LOCKEDON. More on them a little later on. All right. On today's show, your Toronto Raptors are 1-2 and two after a pair of three or four-point losses. Very narrow losses over the course of the weekend to the Miami Heat. I thought it was a—and the Brooklyn Nets. I thought the Nets game was a three-point loss because it would be nice for symmetry in my brain. It was a four-point loss. But that's fine. The Raptors 0-2 over the weekend. Scotty Barnes gets hurt against the Heat. Uh, questionable for Monday's game. We're going to talk about the Scotty Barnes injury, what that means, how OG Ananobi and his creation troubles might tie into all of this. And we'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm from a couple games over the weekend. But we've got to get, get into our biggest takeaways first. And we're going to do so as we usually do here on Mondays with our pal Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Big V, how the hell are you? I'm great, man. It was uh, a weekend to remember for me, starting with uh, why I'm wearing this jersey. India beating <laughs> Pakistan in a huge cricket match. So hell yeah, uh, that was awesome. Uh, United scoring at at the very end to tie Chelsea, mm -hmm. dreaming of the top four. <laughs> <laughs> we do love when things good things happen at the expense of Chelsea. I think we can all agree that that's a fun thing to yeah. happen. Um, yeah. Loaded weekend. So, yeah, all good times. And, uh, you know, the Raptors games ended with a bit of disappointment, but it's just nice to have them back. 
It sure is, man. It, it, like, so, a little behind the curtain. I was in Halifax over the weekend, uh, a little early birthday celebration that my uh, lovely wife planned for me. We headed out there for a couple days, uh, and so I wasn't really able to watch the games live, but I found myself just, like, itching at some point in the night just to get back to the Airbnb so I could watch the freaking Raptors play. I'm a psycho. It's bad. Like, it's not good for my health that this is what I was doing while I was, quote-unquote, on vacation, but I, I really, really wanted to watch the Raptors Nets game in particular on Friday. That one did not disappoint. The Heat game I caught uh, not until like this morning as I kind of caught up after being in transit most of yesterday, but it was uh, a really fun weekend and I think again illuminates just what a nightmare the Eastern Conference is going to be all season long uh, and you should expect heartbreaking narrow losses to these very good teams in the East to be pretty routine. The Raptors will do the same to them as well, but it's going to be a slog I, I think all year long. Let's dive in here, Big V, to our big takeaways from the weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you first. What was your biggest takeaway from the weekend, and why is it that Pascal Siakam is the greatest player of all time? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a perfect way to start. Uh, Pascal Siakam has to be the biggest takeaway. The way he started this season, he is walking the talk. He said he wants to be in that conversation of the top five. You know, I said it's not so much about, you know, are you squeaking into the best five players in the league it's more so can you be in that top tier of players right like yeah you would probably put somewhere from eight to ten players in that category and mm -hmm. so is there a path for pascal to squeeze into that the way he's playing right now i mean you would have to put him there it's a, now it's about the consistency and being able to carry this over night in night out over the course of 82 games and into the postseason. But this is as good a start as you could hope for. He is doing absolutely everything. Um, and beyond just like scoring in and around the basket, you know, that that comfort he's showing in the mid-range, um, just quickly, uh, you know, 54% mm -hmm. is what he's shooting from 10 to 16 feet right now. It's only crazy three games. <laughs> It's yeah. only three games, but he shot 44% uh, from that range last year, mm -hmm. and he shot 33% from there in 2019-20. So mm -hmm. that's the next thing I'm looking at over the course of this season. If there's another sort of 10% jump in that category, and he is just completely unguardable from there, this is going to be a monster season for Pascal. Absolutely. And I just think... He's like a marionette, like, uh, what are they, marionette, you, who, what's the person, what is the name for the person who controls the marionette? The marionette artist? The marionette controller? The puppet sure. master? I don't know. You look that up while I get into my point here, but, like, he is just pulling all the strings, and you can see him on A marionettist. There we go! He's a marionettist. Perfect. Thank you for that valuable bit of research. Big V. Uh, yeah, he, he just is so in tune with what everything he does, does to the defense. He knows exactly where the defense is coming from. There was a play last night in the first half against the Heat, or Saturday in the first half against the Heat, where he's he gets the ball in the post. Precious Achua is like on the wing close to him on the strong side. He just clears him out. He's like, get out of here now. I need the space. Get out of here now. But he knows exactly what's happening. 
Once Pascal vacates, or sorry, once Precious vacates the space in the wing, Pascal kind of starts to go to work. The double comes immediately, and he knows exactly, okay, Scotty Barnes cutting underneath the basket. I'm going to find him here. They end up getting a bucket out of it on an offensive putback. Like, it's that kind of understanding of where every chess piece on the floor is and how moving each one is going to then create space somewhere else. Like, it's just next-level, like, reading of the game. And it's, he is truly bordering on unguardable right now like he just he knows exactly what the counter is to everything the defense is doing to him there are going to be nights where he doesn't hit all of his mid-range shots or whatever it might be but consider this he's got a 60 or 58.5 true shooting percentage through three games and that's shooting 27 percent from three which you would think is probably going to come back a little bit uh and he's shooting 64 percent from the line and look he's not a great free throw shooter never really has been but he's not a 64 percent free throw shooter and so there's still a little bit more to be milked here i think in terms of efficiency for Pascal, and what he's doing from two-point range doesn't feel all that unsustainable because no one can guard him. He's sizing dudes up. He's backing guys down. He's spinning them into oblivion. It's just beautiful to watch, and I don't know about you. You know, there have been some issues with the half-court offense. It's been a little bit stop and start in certain spots. I think starting games has been particularly a sore spot. Um, but I kind of feel okay about, you know, the experimentation they're doing with guys like OG and Gary Trent and all this, because I know, okay, well, they have this sort of monster they can lean on when things get down to it. And that's exactly what happened in that Nets game, right? Fourth quarter comes around, second half comes around, you know, after the offense had its moments of struggle in the first half, Pascal, Fred, two-man game, it's unguardable, it's instant buckets, whatever it is. And, And like their offense just works at its best when they're running that stuff too, right? Like I kind of get this vibe that in the first quarters, it's very much like, all right, let's get everybody warmed up. Everyone can take some turns ISOing. It's not much flow. It's a little bit ugly, but then, and this is, you know, I think part and parcel to the really good crunch time numbers we've seen from the Raptors. Like once they kind of get into situations where they know it's kind of time to just do the things that work, they run Pascal Fred two-man game and everybody eats because it just flows out of that. Pascal's hitting guys on cuts. He's hitting guys for catch and shoots. He's passing to guys out of double teams and they're making stuff happen on the weak side. It's just, it's all working in beautiful harmony with Pascal right now. Any thoughts on the way that the him and Fred combination is working? Because like, Fred was also the unsung hero of that Nets game. He was incredible in that one. It was it 18-7-9? What were your thoughts on the way those two guys kind of work in harmony and the way that two-man game has kind of come along over the years to the point now where through three games, it looks like it's going to be a real fallback for this team when things get down. Yeah, I think what I love about it is coming into this season, we were wondering how much more pick and roll uh Pascal is going to be involved in, right? Mm. That was something that uh, was lacking last season and you wanted to see the team turn to more of. And when you have Fred Van Vliet involved in those actions, um, I think he's a good, really good screener. Obviously, he know he's a, we know he's a tremendous shooter. And so mm. I think it just opens up the floor in beautiful ways when Fred is able to, you know, ghost it and get w- wide open uh, for the three catch and shoot. That is perfect. Um, and then, you know, if it opens up an advantage for Pascal to attack, he's got that going too. So, um, there's lots to, uh, like about that, uh, you know, Pascal, Fred, uh, screen and roll. Um, and I kind of want to see what the evolution of, you know, that looks like with OG, with Scotty and all, mm-hmm. all those guys as the season goes on. Um, and so, 
that's going to be an important action for the Raptors this year, that pick and roll, because again, you know, big picture. When I think about the Raptors being more involved in pick and rolls, it's a must for them because they were second in the league in isolations last season. Mm -hmm. And that was only behind the Brooklyn Nets who had Kevin Durant, James Harden for a point of the season, and then Kyrie Irving for points of last season. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you expect that with Brooklyn. With the Raptors, it was obviously this desire to be uh, mismatch hunters. uh, And I don't think that needs to be as much of a case this season. I think you can lean on ball movement uh, that comes off of that. I think you can lean on just, you know, your two, three best players. You know, Nick always says that he wants to uh, play his best five as much as possible. Mm-hmm. In terms of plays, you can lean on that too in terms of, you know, the best couple guys that you want involved in actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's encouraging that they're going to that late in games. You know, you, you're going to do experimentation early in games. It's the regular season is kind of what it's for. Like, well, let's see what OG's boundaries are. Let's see, you know, how Scotty can handle the the sort of lead ball handling duties. But it's really nice to know that when it comes down to it, they have this thing they can lean on, which is pretty damn devastating. And I just think, yeah, you lose a couple games over the weekend. But if you come away feeling anything other than encouraged about what the Raptors can be, with this kind of Pascal Siakam night tonight, like that—that's—that's that's the takeaway here. Is how Pascal is playing is all that matters in terms of the big picture for this season. You know, from the first three games, if that's the Pascal you're getting, they're going to be just fine. We're going to continue on here. We're going to get into something that wasn't so fine over the weekend, and that was the injury to Scotty Barnes and also the creation troubles of one OG Ananobi. We'll talk about that and how those things kind of intertwine and a few other takeaways from this game in just one sec here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who are making daily fantasy sports easy, fun, accessible, all the good stuff. I like Prize Picks because I like choice when I play daily fantasy sports. I want to be able to, you know, have a little money down on a few few different games and maybe even different sports. I like hockey. I'm a, I'm a hockey fan. I, I work. My day job involves hockey. And so I like to sort of, you know, oh, maybe Connor McDavid's going to get more than two and a half points tonight. Let's put that on my prize picks ticket. With prize picks, you can pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. And it's just you against the projected numbers. There is no shadow expert behind the scenes putting together a team that you have no hope of beating. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on, meaning if you put in 100 bucks, they're going to give you 100 bucks as well to start off with. That is a great deal. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with Prize Picks. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Big V, Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com here for Big V Monday, a classic of Locked On Raptors lore and canon. Uh, Big V, 
Scotty Barnes gets hurt against the Heat on Saturday. A bummer because I feel like he was putting together a pretty awesome game. 11-2-2 in 13 minutes. The final bucket before he got hurt was just this like soaring, delicate, graceful lay-in around a whole bunch of dudes. Um, He looks really comfortable. And the way he's playing off of Pascal Siakam has been extremely encouraging as well. It just seems like he's always there waiting for the dump off underneath the bucket. Uh, It's been great to see. He gets hurt, though, and the ankle, obviously, it's the same ankle that was bothering him before the preseason that they kind of attributed to, uh, or attributed his poor start in the preseason to that ankle, and so obviously you don't like to see that re-aggravated here. Um, You know, he's questionable for the Monday game against the Heat. I wouldn't imagine they'd play him. It's early in the season. You don't want to overdo it here. First off, before we get into sort of how they overcome a potential absence for Barnes, whether it be short or long, what was your um, sort of read on Barnes' play over the weekend, and what are they losing, you know, in losing their star second-year player and sort of the things that he's been providing to the Raptors so far this year? Yeah, obviously, any amount of time that he misses will be a huge loss for the Raptors. Uh, there's no one quite <laughs> on the roster like him, uh, as mm-hmm. much as similar as you know players look in stature uh, on this team. Uh, the <laughs> things that he's able to do on the court uh, aren't quite replicable for anyone else, uh, maybe besides Pascal. And so I think that would be a big miss for however however long he's out. Encouraging that mm-hmm. he's listed as questionable. Uh, for the game against Miami. And so hopefully that, you know, lends to the thinking that it's just a very short-term thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I am going to challenge Scotty a little bit and say, you know, when I look at that Brooklyn game, that was a win that I think the Raptors missed out on. And, yeah. you know, Scotty has said time and time again that he's someone that sort of takes what the uh, game is giving him and plays accordingly. But I think there's times where you just have to take what you want to take. Uh, sure. Right. Uh, sure. And, and I think the shot selection over the first few games hasn't been great. I think he's settled for the mid range a bit too much. And mm. so uh, those stretches where the Raptors looked really good against the nets, I think, uh, we saw some of this last season as well in terms of, you know, absolutely be your natural self and have fun out there, but also understand that, you know, against a team like the Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you give them a sliver, they are going to get right back into it with their offense. Mm-hmm. And so those possessions where, yeah, okay, it's an eight point lead, a 10 point lead. That's an opportunity to maintain it, to build on it, not to, you know, maybe be a bit lackadaisical. And so, um, I think that's going to be something that I watch out for uh, as the season progresses um, and having that intensity regardless of what the defense is giving him. Yeah, I, I think that's that's well taken. And it, it's striking the ease with which he's able to get to his spots around the bucket whenever he does decide to kind of go into aggression mode. And, you know, we saw with that final bucket before he got hurt. It's just like, all right, there's a few dudes here, but I'm taller and longer and unblockable yeah. and also faster and probably stronger than most of these dudes. So why not? And he's really good at getting to his spots. It's kind of his whole thing. So I'm with you. A little more aggression could certainly go a long way for Scotty. You know, as much as it's fun to watch him drain 20-footers in the face of big men, uh, blow by the big man once in a while. You can do it. It's definitely there for you to grab. Um, this is interesting 
I and think. I guess yeah. quickly, we just have to say we don't know how much of that is also like the ankle bother. Sure. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I still think he's been uh, largely quite encouraging over the first few games. It's just minor nits to pick because that's what we got to do here on a daily podcast, baby. Yep. Uh, speaking of picking nits, OG Ananobi, not so awesome as sort of the third creation engine for the Raptors so far this year. Had the nice first game, obviously the second half, the fourth quarter, really he was kind of the big catalyst of, of that run they had to beat the Cavs. But I do think if you're going to draw any sort of big grand conclusions about the shape of the team from the first three games, I think it's probably that Scotty very clearly should be second in line among the wing players when it comes to hierarchy on offense in terms of how often you want him creating versus OG. That said, like I kind of pointed at off the top, you're going to give OG chances to try and make mistakes and get messy and all this stuff because it's the regular season. This is what you do, especially when you're one of these teams that is constantly trying to toe the line between competitiveness and development. And you have to kind of throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. It hasn't really stuck so far with OG, but without Scotty. You would figure it's going to be put on his plate a little bit more here. Obviously, Fred will chip in, too. And I would imagine Fred's going to start taking more than nine shots a game, uh, you know, if there's going to be no Scotty available. But OG is going to have to take on that creation burden a little bit more here with Scotty out, however long that's going to be. What has been your early read on the, the struggles of OG? Obviously, I don't think it's any sort of grand cause for alarm or concern and the base level of what OG Ananobi is as a player is still extremely high and extremely valuable. But obviously, there's always that potential everyone wants to tap into with the creation and the, you know, the ball handling. Where have you been with what you've seen from him? And are you excited to see him maybe kind of thrown to the fire a little bit here if Scotty's not going to be around for a few games? So just sort of see, hey, can he be that number two creation option? Because the thing is, as troublesome as it can be when he has the ball in his hands, he's also one of the only guys on the team that can regularly touch the paint when he drives. And that is so important, especially with his passing out of those drives. Um, like you, you have to have it in some way, shape or form, even if it's ugly, where are you at with OG's performance so far? Yeah. I think the big thing to watch with OG this season is consistency, right? Yeah. Uh, Nick nurse has that quote where with any player who that is in the roster that is making the rotation whatever it is he'll say hey okay we saw you have that one great game in five nights how do we get that to two in five how do we get that to three in five and now right now i would probably say og is at about you know a three out of five nights type of guy mm. um and so how do you get that to four sure. um you you are gonna you know have that one bad night every now and then right mm. um and so I think that's the thing I'm watching out for just to, you know, go behind the curtain a little bit after the, the opening night. And I'm sort of thinking about who to write about mm -hmm. as great as I thought OG was in that game. I was like, OG has graduated past the point of being excited over one game. Right? Sure. I, so I was like, I'll write about Christian Coloco. <laughs> we can get excited over one game for Christian Coloco. Um, sure. And so with OG, I was like, hey, let's see how these next few games pan out. And so uh, it hasn't quite uh, gone the way you would like. And that's the challenge for OG. And within the game, I would say, to be a bit specific, it's the premeditation that I don't like from OG yeah. right now. He seems yeah. a bit too... Hey, when the ball comes to me, I'm going to drive. And it's like, man, you got a wide open shot or it's mm -hmm. like, 
you know, the ball gets to him and it's like, oh, I'm going to shoot it this time. And so that's still the stuff where you feel like you're watching an athlete who plays basketball as opposed to mm-hmm. the other way uh, around. And so continuing to make strides in that regard, the reading of the game is the biggest thing for him this season in leveling up that consistency. Yeah, super well taken there. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be really telling to see how he kind of takes on that extra burden that is surely coming his way if Scotty's going to miss time here. Uh, quickly, before we move on, who do you start in place of Scotty if he's out? Like, do you just go Precious? He was really good, obviously, in the second half in particular against the Heat. But, of course, the bench has been kind of doo-doo, and maybe you want some punch off the bench. So is it somebody else you slide in there into the starting five to see if you can get them going? Yeah, I I could see Thad Young getting into the starting lineup here. That's the pick, baby. I'm glad you said that, yeah. (laughs) I think we've seen him play pretty well with the starters as well. So uh, I think getting some utility out of him that hasn't necessarily been there over the first few games, uh, getting that with the starting lineup is is big. I thought Louis Zatzman made a really good point about how when that has been with the bench units, Chris Boucher's cutting uh, has been really valuable for him. Yeah. And so maybe we're not seeing that right now. And so putting him with the with the starters makes sense to me. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's not for too long. For sure. I think Thad is the answer here, actually. Like, as much as Precious, I think, will probably get the call. I think Thad... Like you said, he plays well with better players. He's a really good connector. He's very similar, I think, a better version of this, but it's like what DeAndre Benbury was when he was on the Raptors for that Tampa season. When he was playing with the starters, he was this perfect connective piece, and when he was playing with bench guys, he had too much on his plate, and he couldn't really make it all work. And so Thad, obviously, is a better player than Benbury. He's a way better playmaker in particular, and I think how he works with the shooters the Raptors have in that starting five could be pretty interesting if he's given the opportunity to work there. Um, He's sort of the closest like-for-like replacement of Scotty. You're not replacing Scotty in any way, but I'd rather the sort of plotting, playmaking, sort of surveying the floor as opposed to the pressures, which is just like catch and go and dunk. And, uh, you know, there's less thinking involved, I suppose. It's more just doing. But with their starting five, I think Thad would be a pretty useful addition in the meantime if you're waiting for Scotty to come back. Also, please come back, Boucher and Otto Porter because boy oh boy the bench needs them real bad speaking of bad we're going to get to that and some other things coming up in the final segment of the show the good the bad and the hmm Big V's first appearance in this segment this very poorly named segment but what would you expect it's locked on Raptors all the segments are named poorly it's the content that matters baby we'll come up in just a sec with that but first got to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net who are your place for all of your football and basketball betting information this season you can find all the latest news player developments team matchups injury reports analysis in-depth articles on every single game and you got podcasts and stuff as well to really keep you informed and abreast of all the things that are going on that inform why the lines are set the way they are and where you should be putting your money it's the way to become the informed wagerer whether you're betting on the nba football or anything else that you can think of because they have it all it's all under the sun there mlb playoffs uh, baseball's dead to me after the blue jays did what they did but if you are still watching baseball you can also throw some money down and bet online has those lo- lo- lines and odds for you mma boxing golf all of it is there head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here, closing out the show with the good, the bad, and the hmm. My new segment for this season for game recap shows where we dig into a thing we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that has us a little interested going into the next game or the future beyond that. Big V, you're 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 breaking you 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 you're diving in. You're you're christening this segment with your presence. We love it. What you got as your good from the weekend? The good, I I have to stick with Pascal. I think uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond just the range of where he's shooting from, the pull-up shooting is something that uh, was going to be important to track this season. He shot mm-hmm. 40% on pull-up twos last season, and so far he's at 8 for 17, which is just under 50%. And so uh, if he can continue uh, in that vein, I think that's going to be a very good sign for the Raptors. It's going to be a very good sign for him as uh, you know, someone trying to ascend to that tier uh, of player and combine that with the reading of the game that you described so beautifully earlier. Uh, I think everything is coming up, Pascal. Sure is. I think it was Oren Weisfeld who made the point on the Raptors Republic recap show about how it's also really encouraging that he's doing this against good defenders. Like he did Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, the Nets, I don't think, are a great defensive team. I thought they played very well defensively in that game. Nick Claxton was all over the place. Siakam obviously just bludgeoned them to death. Uh, you have the Butler and Bams and all of the defensive sort of ingenuity of the Heat and didn't really seem to have that all that much of an answer either. And then even the Cavs, the, the rim protection monsters, they're they're ridiculous. Mobley and Allen and Pascal still had his way in large part in that game as well. Uh, it's been really, really awesome. The good being Pascal Siakam, really can't argue with that. I'm going to go a little different. My good, I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets broadcast. Uh, I watched this game, I watched the Yes broadcast of this game on League Pass late, late, late on Friday night in my Airbnb in Halifax. I was uh, eating donairs and watching basketball. I was just as happy as a, as a pig in slop. Um, but the broadcast of Ian Eagle and Sarah Kustak is so incredible, so informed, so well, like just well-researched. Um, and it was contrasted with a not so good performance from the Miami Heat broadcast when I watched it uh, back as well. I don't want to you know denigrate him too much, but the name is Delano Banton, not Blanton. Uh, Miami Heat broadcast, please fix that for next time. You got a chance tonight to fix it. But the Heat broadcast, Ian Eagle, so so good. Sarah Kustak, just incredible in terms of just like explaining the game to the lay people very very effectively, and some enterprising television executive is going to make Ian Eagle and Sarah Kustak a national broadcast team at some point here. Uh, they just gotta. It's really, really fantastic. Obviously, Ian Eagle does the TNT games already. Bring in Sarah Kustak. Why not? The chemistry's fantastic. The Brooklyn Nets broadcast rules. I had a great time watching it. So that's my good for this week. What's your bad? So, you know, I feel like in three games, I'm not going to classify anything as bad yet because coward. it's too small a sample He's a size. coward. <laughs> <laughs> I've made that up with the next section, which we'll get into. But uh, the only thing I'll classify with bad so far is, you know, just seeing the players get hurt, right? And mm. Scotty getting hurt, Gary getting hurt a little bit. Uh, and uh, frankly, Coloco could have been hurt really bad on that play. Like when, when yeah. you sort of drag someone down there, if he hits like the wrong part of a chair, whatever it might be, 
Like that could have ended badly. It's a large um, man to tackle, man. It's yeah. a lot of person to fall down. <laughs> uh, we saw Fred take a shot to the face in the first game. So the vibes on that injury front, you know, mm. that was something uh, that you would hope would go away after last season. And it seems to be carrying over. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully you can get away from it at some point. I might have to have a doctor on the podcast to kind of dig into a question I've been thinking about the last couple of years as the Raptors have had a lot of injuries. Like, Do the Raptors play too hard? <laughs> did, yeah. Does the way they play cause them lots of injury? Like, is, is that part of it? Uh, like, it, it kind of feels like it maybe has to be. We'll, we'll maybe examine that with someone who is uh, a little more attuned to the medical side of things than I, because I am not that. But, uh, yeah, th- something to keep an eye on for sure. You could even qualify that as a hmm, potentially. Uh, mm-hmm. My bad. And look, you're right in that it's too early to think anything is all that bad. It's three games. They've been close games. They're like, what, like a minus three overall on the season at this point or something like that. Um, It's been entertaining and fun. But I got to say, I'm not having all that much fun watching Delano Banton play right now. Um, I just don't really know what he does on offense, right? Like he just kind of like passes it around the perimeter or... He'll sort of like fake a drive and then pass it out before he even remotely gets close to the paint. I feel like he should be able to get to the basket. He's shown flourishes of doing that. He's very fast. That first step is pretty elite, but it's just, it doesn't seem like he has much confidence and like, it's the total opposite of Siakam having an entire understanding of how every piece on the board is moving. Banton is just kind of doing stuff without much rhyme or reason it feels like right now. I'm sure things will get better. There's a lot to like about Delano Benton, the defense, the transition, all of that's amazing. But in the half court, I don't think it's all that surprising that some of the worst stretches for the Raptors so far this year have come with Banton on the floor. He was minus 15 in that Nets game. He was a minus in just six minutes last night as well. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I am curious as to sort of what his proper role is within the team because I, I look he could still be the point guard of the future the backup six foot nine point guard that makes it all work in vision six foot nine is hunky dory happy go lucky because he is at the helm of it but I also think there's a lot to be done in terms of the way he just starts the offense and gets into the actions because it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of purpose to what he's doing right now um let's move on to our hmm shall we or unless you have something you want to throw in there well, the quick thing that I'll add with Delano is we got to see what that looks like with Boucher and Otto because I think totally. those are two important players to how he plays and having Absolutely. that spacing, having that cutting, I think could really, uh, you know, uh, elevate his game, elevate uh, his ability to get to the basket. Mm-hmm. And I will say, one of the things I have been impressed by with Banton is his off-ball cutting. He's not much of a shooting threat, but he's counteracting that by cutting his ass off. And that is nice to see, for sure. Uh, let's go to the hmm, shall we? A thing that's got us a little interested, piqued our interest over the weekend. What have you got here? So, I've got three things here. Number one, Ooh. I will say uh, Precious off the dribble. Uh, I think he's had a couple of uh, late clocks uh, situations where mm. he's been able to get to the middle of the paint, uh, give a little bump and pull up for the shot. Um, there was one that he even went baseline and gave the little bump and went up for the shot. So mm-hmm. that's something I'm looking for. It looks like he's worked on over the summer. Uh, and, you know, if, if that three-point shot can come through, uh, then you add that in 
uh, with that ability to pull up, get all the way to the basket. That's how you round out your game. So I think that's a uh, hmm for me that I'm looking for uh, going forward. Uh, and then I touched on this a little bit before with Scotty, just more mm. of, you know, I'm going to take wh- what I want as opposed to what the defense is giving me. Um, and the last one I'll throw in there is Malachi catch and shoots. I think yeah. uh, the Raptors wanted Malachi to be a player that uh, maybe he has not been for his career. And he likes mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. He likes to be able to operate in the pick and roll. Uh, but last year, the Raptors were kind of like, hey, to fit this team, we need shooting. We need you in catch and shoot scenarios. And when he came in against the Heat, he was ready to get that ball up. Uh, anytime that ball was swung to him. And so mm-hmm. that's something that's encouraging. Uh, and that's something that I'll be looking for. Malachi Flynn was my hmm too. Uh, you know, I, I've been notably skeptical about Malachi Flynn and what his ultimate sort of destiny is with this team. But, you know, what have we been talking about with Fred Van Vliet? How is he a most successful? How has he achieved a 63% true shooting so far this season? It's a lot of off-ball work. It is spacing. It's using the gravity. And obviously no one's going to respect Malachi Flynn the way they respect Fred Van Vliet right now. It's a massive gulf between the shooting reputations of both of those guys. But the process kind of, there's no reason it can't be mirrored, right? Malachi Flynn, yeah, there'll be some situations with the ball in his hands where he's operating with a pick and roll. Maybe Coloco sets a screen for him, a Boucher once he's back, that type of thing. But maybe the best use of of Malachi Flynn is going to be in those sort of in-between lineups where they're giving a Scotty or an OG some run as sort of the primary with the second unit. And you get that spacing with Malachi Flynn. We know he's a disruptive defender. If he's a little small, that's fine. He still makes things happen. And maybe that's where he kind of slots in. And I would personally especially until Otto Porter gets back and the spacing is going to be cramped. I would love to see Flynn get the Banton minutes right now. I think I'd be totally in for that just to see, hey, can he kind of build on the success of the nine minutes he played against the Heat on Saturday and be a a vital sort of shooting weapon for the team off the bench? That's something I think he can offer the team right now that Banton can't, and I think they need what he can offer in terms of shooting from Flynn more than what Banton's offering in terms of his strange half court work so far this season and especially against a team like the heat that likes to turn to the zone as much as they Mm -hmm. do right absolutely kind of a zone buster with the shot making yeah i'm excited for this game tonight man i love these little mini two game series you get the sort of matchup counters and all that stuff it's uh it's really fun to dig into uh consider me a fan even if it makes the schedule weirdly imbalanced over the course of the year and you, you you load up on all your games against one team early that's fine by me uh, to get the Miami Heat out of the way sooner, that's a good thing for me, baby. Uh, we're going to round it up Reduce there. Travel Thank is so good for the environment, Sorry. too. That's true. We love less travel. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, as a person who got off a plane 12 hours ago, I keep throwing th- th- stones from a glass house on that one. But, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's another good part of it all all right big v we're gonna wrap it up there thank you so much for hanging today anything you would like to promote for the good people out there usual stuff raptors.com cbc sports and you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob 
Outstanding. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to Post Touches, my Toronto Raptors blog and newsletter. Uh, didn't get a post up last week because I was doing said aforementioned travel. I'm going to try to get a couple posts out this week, maybe a shorter one in the middle of the week and then my longer Friday post. So you have that to look forward to. Just go to my pinned tweet on Twitter. You can subscribe either for free or as a monthly or annual subscriber. And uh, I would appreciate all of your subscriptions, paid or not. You're very, very lovely. Uh, we're on YouTube. Go and find us over there. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And uh, support the podcast and all the other ways rates ratings reviews on apple and spotify and all that as well we're around it there thank you so much for tuning in go make your second listen of the day locked on nba game to game which is our nightly recap of all of the games from the night before lots of folks you know watching their games bringing you the biggest takeaways it's a lovely run through the nba action if you didn't catch all the games it's a way to catch up for sure go check it out game to game on the locked on nba youtube channel and with that we'll round it out we'll talk to you again on tuesday to talk about raptors heat bye-bye hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.